0: Hello again, everybody. This is Christian Bassard, your host of the Historical Thoughts and Interpretations podcast. Uh, today, what we'll be talking about is the small town of Chetwynd in British Columbia, in Canada. This is where and I grew up near this place. I grew up in a little community called Moberly Lake, which is about a half hour's drive away from Chetwynd. And so, of course, we're going off the off the normal normal beaten path, so to speak, of the uh, of the podcast where I usually talk about military and Russian history. But today this was a, uh, I'll be presenting a project that I worked on a few years ago and it was of uh, personal interest to me. And so it just gives a little short history of of Chapman, a little summary of, of some of its beginnings, its development, and uh, some of its features and its, uh, its surrounding region. So let's jump right into it. So as as I've said, before, as I just said, Chetwynd is a town in the Canadian province of British Columbia. The town can be found in the foothills of the Rocky Mountains, and Chetwynd is about seventy miles from the border between British Columbia and the next door province of Alberta. And this is about an hour's drive, which my family and I we we took a, a fair fair amount of times. And when when talking about Chetwynd, it's necessary, of course, to talk about the Peace Region, which spans the British Columbian-Albertan border. In addition to Chetwynd, British Columbia's portion of the Peace Region includes Hudson's Hope, Fort St. John, Taylor, Tumbler Ridge, and Dawson Creek. Grand Prairie is, on the Al- is in the Albertan portion of it, and this is perhaps the major, uh, major city in the Albertan part of, of the Peace Region. Forests and lakes abound in the Chetwynd area, creating good opportunities for fishing, hiking, and hunting. And a number of of rivers flow in the region, such as the Pine, the Moberly, and the Peace. There are numerous lakes too, such as the Moberly, near where I grew up, and the Guillem Lake. And Chetwynd is home to industries such as coal, oil, metal, and agriculture. The town has had a good industrial base and advantageous location in what in what is called the Little Prairie Valley. And actually, Chetwynd used to be called Little Prairie. Um, and it's also known as the, quote, gateway to the peace region. As of April 2020, Chetwynd has a population of 3,100, according to the town's official website. And But if we go back way back to the beginning, European fur traders saw first saw the Little Prairie area around 1778. And of course, there were the First Nations people in that area as well, the such as the Beaver and the Sakani First Nations. European trading posts were established in the 1820s, with two of them being built near the mouth of the previously mentioned Moberly River. And, and in fact, whenever we drove into Chatwin from Moberly Lake, we would see the Moberly River flow in, flow into the lake. Like in the rest of what was then called British North America, the Little Prairie fur trade affected the local First First Nations. So, And when the fur trade started in the area, the Sakani and Beaver Nations competed for trade rights with European traders. Little Prairie eventually became a settlement. By 1906, five families, 37 people in all, were living there. Three years later, an inspector said that the land was, quote, very good. And harvests were plentiful as well. The area's climate allowed farming and ranching to flourish. By 1967, there were about 2,500 acres of grain fields within 50 miles of the town. The area is still important agriculturally with many ranchers' and farmers' fields. When Little Prairie was first settled, it was then part of the what was called the Gruard Trail. G-R-O-U-A-R-D, Gruard which gave it good potential for growth. And this was because the trail's namesake, the town of Gird, Alberta, was expanding in expectation of a railroad. But Gird did not grow as promised, and Little Prairie did not receive its, quote, first major influx of population until decades later. This influx came from the province of Saskatchewan in the late 1940s and early 1950s. They were leaving Saskatchewan's poor farming industry harvest quotas, and limited access to other industries. Little Prairie's growth potential wooed these farmers, but they also anticipated less government interference. Many also came to work in independent sawmills in the, Chetwin- in the Little Prairie area. The lumber industry was strong in Little Prairie, t- as trees and thus timber was abundant here, uh, but lumber was an overall short supply, driving up its price. After World War II, housing was in great demand, providing a hungry market. In 1959, there were 33 mills of various sizes, employing 248 workers. Two large mills were eventually established. And, you know, when I lived near Chetland, these two mills were operated by the West Fraser and Canfor lumber companies. People started moving to Little Prairie because of the local industry, which gave a market to local businesses. Schools grew, with enrollment doubling from the 1954-55 to 55 school year to 1956. The 1950s were a boom time for Little Prairie, and this was thanks partially thanks to British Columbia's Premier W.A.C. Bennett, who was elected in 1952. He wanted to develop the Peace Region's resources to benef- benefit the whole province, and he encouraged mining companies and prospectors to invest in the Peace Region. And via homesteading, he allowed people to settle on government-owned crown land. And <clears throat> homesteading, uh, to explain it here, was a process which Canada had used in previous decades to encourage European immigration to the country. The United States also used this practice. But and homesteading worked like this. The map was essentially divided into sections, which were then split into quarter sections, or something which are also called, we might call, acreages. Someone could then claim one or more of these quarter sections and develop the land there for farming. Then that homesteader would be able to eventually own the developed land. So in this way, W.A.C. Bennett hoped to turn the Peace Region into a more vibrant trade and tax area. But for the Peace Region and Little Prairie to thrive, transportation would be needed. This need was met in several ways. Bridges were built across the Pine and Parsnip Rivers and the Hart Highway connected, to, connected Little Prairie to the central British Columbian city of Prince George to the south. And the PGE, which was the abbreviation of the Pacific Great Eastern Railroad, it was also finished, and Chetwynd's first PGE train arrived in March 1958. The PGE connected Peace Region farmers to the area's lumber industry uh, to markets in southern British Columbia, which in turn gave them access to export markets. Finally, Little Prairie was chosen to be the PGE's, quote, divisional point assuring the economic development and stability of the area. And that quote came from Bay Curiata's book, Saga of Little Prairie Chetland. And these, then the railway and the new roads and new bridges would make Little Prairie a hub for industries in, community, in nearby communities like such as Fort St. John and Dawson Creek. The oil industry also came to Little Prairie. In the early 1940s, a well was drilled at Commotion Creek, which is about 20 kilometers south of the town. More exploration was done in 1956, and by the 1980s, the area had the Pine River Gas Plant and Grizzly Valley Pipeline. This allowed gas to flow down to Vancouver. So, throughout its history, Little Prairie, Chetwind, as it was later known, has been home to a number of different industries. Furs, lumber, farming, and oil. On july second, nineteen fifty-nine, Little Prairie was given the new name of Chetwind. The PGE Railroad, quote, wanted a one-word name for the new divisional point. So so this is why the name was this is one reason why the name was changed. And but it was done after bitter debate, which polarized newer residents against older older settlers in the area. And But uh, eventually it was named, it was changed to Chetland. And Chetland was named after Ralph Chetland, a director of the PEGE Railroad and also BC's minister responsible for railways and highways. And Chetland was a great advocate for peace region development, which fit nicely with Premier Bennett's uh, plans to increase the region's economic potential. Chetland was incorporated as a town on September 25th, 1962 and other developments occurred around this time. As the population and economy grew, newer houses were built to replace old ones. Two new schools were built, and a fire brigade was created as well. Bait Curiata says that, quote, Life in Chetland went from the hustle of a newly incorporated community to a period of steady but permanent growth, with improvements in the overall quality of life for everyone. The BC Peace also became a major area of development in terms of hydroelectric power. In the 1960s, British Columbia's industry and the United States Pacific Coast greatly needed electricity. And the Peace River had great potential of generating hydropower, and a dam project there began after W.A.C. Bennett's re-election in September 1963. This was the W.A.C. Bennett Dam, which is actually closer to a, a, a town called Hudson's Hope, but it is about an hour's drive away from Chetland And the WAC Bennett Dam, we actually had a local name for it. We sometimes, at least in my family, we sometimes call it a wacky Bennett Dam. And it's still, of course, works today, and it's an important tourist attraction. So it was a good thing to bring family and friends there. They were all we were often going to go and, and see the dam there. And The Peace Canyon Dam was built a little further down the Peace River in 1980. According to the Provincial Organization Responsible for Hydroelectric Power, BC Hydro, the WAC and Peace Canyon Dams generate 17,500 gigawatt hours per year, which is 38% of the province's total power production. Site C is a third dam that is currently under construction further east along the Peace River, just south of Fort St. John. As of 2020, Site C is slated to be completed in 2024. The new hydroelectric infrastructure brought businesses to the Chetwynd area and also created demand for a road to Hudson's Hope, where a lot of the where the dam was being constructed. The dam and highway construction prospered Chetwynd, bringing people in to work on the projects. And the Bennett Dam also benefited the province as a whole by providing cheap power to investing companies. Then, in the late 70s and early 80s, Chetwynd provided homes for the next influx of of people coming into the area. And these were the gas explorers and the builders of Tumblr Ridge, which was uh, another town and that was becoming a coal mining town. So, right now, even though Chetwynd itself only houses 3,100 people, the town itself has become a hub that services 8,000 people in the surrounding area. And as I mentioned earlier, the Chetwynd area is rich with natural beauty, filled with lakes, rivers, and hills. Tourism thus became an important industry in the mid 1960s. In 1966, 100,000 people had gone through the area. Many of them were on their way to visit to on their way to the Alaska Highway, which had been built in World War II to provide a supply route to Alaska. Many people are attracted to the Chetwynd area's natural beauty, and there are places with other beautiful sights in the area, such as my little area, Moberly Lake, and also Monkman Falls and the Monkman Pass. And all of these can be e- fairly easily accessed by road from Chetland. Perhaps Gr- Chetland's greatest uh, attraction, however, is its chainsaw carvings. It regularly holds a competition with chainsaw carvers from all around the world, which, which also contributes to the decoration of the town. When I was last there, you could see carvings of anything from mermaids to bears to a scorpion that looks like a clock. So it's definitely creative stuff, and these carvings have added to the town's culture and, may I say, mountain aesthetic. So if you're in Chetwood, you can certainly walk around the town and look at the different designs. It just goes to show you what kind of nice things you can create with a good idea and a chainsaw. Thank you for joining me for that brief little survey into Chetwood's history and the history of the area. And if you're there, I can certainly recommend checking out the town and its, its region. Because there are lots of, like we mentioned in the episode, there are lots of lakes and rivers, hiking trails and so on that you can check out if, you're, if you love going out into nature. And I want to end this podcast with an excerpt from Chet TV's documentary about the chainsaw carving competition. I will leave a link to that documentary in the show notes here. And until next time, thank you very much for listening. Keep safe and healthy and have a great one. The Chewin International Chainsaw Carving Championship has been a staple in this community for 14 years now and has left us with about 190 carvings to display around town. We've also had the pleasure of presenting them as gifts to our neighboring communities. Although... More importantly, this competition has left us with an excuse for people around the world to come and explore a town full of dreams come true.